Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Y'all know who it is. This is your host, Mr. Brandon Wade, but you can call me B2. You can call me B Square. You can call me whatever you want to call me, but you got to follow the rule. And if you ain't been listening to my podcast and soon watching my podcast, yeah, I said it. If you ain't been paying attention to the rule, you got to follow the rule, man. I've been telling y'all about the rule for four seasons, but hey, you might have been just decided that you wanted to join in and tap in with, with what B-Wade is doing, so I'm going to go on to you. can call me whatever you want to call me as long as it's nice. Welcome back to your favorite show, Pay It Forward, bro. I am glad to be back, man. I've had some real experiences. I've had some new things. I've had a whole bunch of first take place over this last week and a half. Man, and I'm really excited to tell y'all about it and the kind of character things I got out of this. So I just really want to thank God for all this, man, and just for each experience that he's guiding me through. So, you know, again, I always talk about being more of a spiritual person now. And, you know, I, I believe that you I can learn about God more, the more experiences that I have that are of different kinds. And every experience ain't got to be traumatic. Every experience ain't got to be a suffering experience where you just go through a whole bunch of stuff because the only good thing about suffering is that it produces intimacy and it can produce character, at least I in, in the experiences I've had with it. So every experience ain't got to be suffering. And I'm happy to say now that I'm in a season of my life where things are getting better and better and better and they continue to get better. So I'm really happy about that, man. I had a whole bunch of firsts this last um, week or so. So what I want to tell you guys about is an experience that I had, a particular experience I had. In this last week, I was blessed to be invited by a mentor whom I can now call a friend, um, Brian Reeves, as I've mentioned his name many times before on this podcast. I said he's somebody that I've looked up to Um him and I have kept a general correspondence over the last year or two, ever since he was on my show the first time when I was still at Pasadena City College. Um, we've kept just a general correspondence, you know, every now and then, you know, send me a message or something like that. And he had a program called Elevate 2021. It was a very specific journey for men that, you know, are it was mainly a men of any age, but especially men that were, there was a lot of men that were older. Um, and it was a very particular experience. It wasn't one for a bunch of people. It wasn't like a conference or anything like that. It was a very intimate setting where it was like nine people. And they all go on this, in a sense, this journey of connection. And the culmination was meeting in this very secluded place and having this retreat where there was a lot of breakthrough, a lot of, you know, um, a lot of transformation and a lot of changes that take place. And, and you know, me, as I've talked about emotional work is probably my, uh, I know that this is my life's work, the work, as we call it, as I call it is my life's work. And I discovered that around the time my dad died. So this is a new experience for me. Um, what happened was I ended up contacting Brian when he had this program and just I just felt like God was nudging me and said go you know contact him and you know see if you can get involved with this program and I already knew that the program was going to be more on the expensive side you know I'm not really out of the way of having that type of money but I definitely did not have that type of money available you know um 
but I decided that I would reach out anyway, and I ended up getting in contact with uh, Brian and and uh, his his best friend Tate, and we all had great conversations with each other. And then they told me generally what the price was, and I thought it was really it was it was quite expensive, but not to the point that it was, you know, undoable. Um, but for me, it was definitely out of my range at that moment. So I told them, unfortunately, it's not something that I can do. And I just figured, hey, you know what? Maybe this is just not for me right now. And I can understand that. I said, you know, if it doesn't work out that way, then it's not for me. You know, so that's fine. Um, and we, we, you know, we, we fell out of touch. But I had a feeling that, you know, somewhere or another, I was going to be involved with their program. So I let it be, and I fast forward a couple of months. I asked them, you know, I didn't really keep in touch with them about it, but I figured their program was going well. They got all the applicants they wanted. So I said, cool. I went about my business, and I had been just checking my Instagram over time. And yeah, and I've been on this spree where every now and then I'll just delete my Instagram, and then I'll come back after a week or I'll come back after a few days. I cannot tell you how many times in the last month or two I've deleted Instagram just because I, I just don't like being in the habit of, of scrolling through those things. It, it stirs up a lot of comparison and just a lot of um, unconscious wounding. And so I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want to be on here other than for basic things. But anyways, I get on this Instagram and I see a DM from Brian and I, you know, I look in there and he says, do you want to be a part of my staff for Elevate 2021? We're having our retreat and I need uh, two staff members. And he was like, do you want to be a part of my staff? And I was very excited about it. I said, yeah, man. I said, I, I don't know what all that entails. So I'm going to need, we're going to need to talk about that. Um, and, you know, I was thankful, but I spoke in the, I spoke, as many would say, spoke into the atmosphere, into the universe. And I spoke that because that's my dominion as somebody who is a son of God. I spoke into the universe and I said, hey, this is not going to be a trip I pay for. And I ended up talking to Brian and he said, yeah, you know, if you come out here, you know, this is not really something we can really pay you for right now, but we can make sure that your way is paid out here, your lodging, your food, everything will be taken care of from the moment you, you know, decide that you involve yourself to the moment you leave. He said, the only thing I'm asking of you is that you show up. And I said, done. That was a very new experience for me. It was, um, because it was not in the area of California in which I live. He said, we are doing this trip and it is in another state. Actually, it was quite a bit across the continent. I live in the United States. So it's quite a bit across the continent. And he was like, you are going to go here. We're going to meet you here. Someone's going to pick you up and you're going to go and you're going to be a part of our retreat. There was a bunch of firsts. I had never physically met Brian in person just because we hadn't just hadn't connected um by the time we would have connected uh the coronavirus had had happened and so everybody was in quarantine and so yeah there was no meeting anyone in person everything was virtual so um it would be the first time I would be meeting him in person it would be the first time I'd be meeting Tate in person it would be the first time I'd flown on a plane I'd never flown on a plane before um you know I'm 31 and I hadn't flown on a plane until you know last week um at least since I was like a baby. Um, Yeah, so I was, you know, it was my first time being out of the state. Uh, I'd never been out of the state other than to like Nevada. 
Um, so yeah, it was very much a bunch of first, and I can admit that I felt deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Um, it was definitely a fir- a bunch of first. And I can say that with the emotional growth that I've had over this year that y'all have been a privilege and privy to, it has helped me to feel much more stable in doing new things like this. So there's a lot that I want to talk about here, but I just really want to talk about mainly the experiences I had and I'll talk about what that means. So I ended up, you know, we ended up corresponding more and more over the month. The trip was, like I said, last week, but we'd been corresponding since about May, since he decided that he wanted to involve me in it. And he was like, so I just need to make sure are you still on board. Are you still on board? Because I'm really about, I'm about to, you know, we're about to buy the ticket. So I need your, you know, your address. And I said, bet I'm still on board. I'm still on go. We still doing this. And, you know, he had bought me the tickets by May. So I was like, oh no, he's serious. I was like, all right, bet. So we're going to see what this becomes. So over time, you know, you kind of just, you know, you lose track of it or whatever. And there were just a few things that uh, had taken place. I'd gone on a few road trips on top of that. So uh, here I am starting to travel more and starting to, you know, get out of places. I'm going upstate in California. I'm going different places. I'd gone to San Francisco maybe two or three weeks before this point. So here I am starting to get into this this mode of travel. And I'm like, okay, this is different, you know. I'm spending more time with people. I'm doing life in different situations and I'm 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 adjusting and I'm still kind of feeling uncomfortable because I'm having a couple of different uncomfortable experiences prior to this point. And they're uncomfortably good experiences, but they're 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 causing me to be more curious about life. That's something new for me. Um, having grown up in an urban environment, in a hood environment, as you say, they don't teach you to be curious about life. What you got to be curious about? If you looking around and you see something happen to somebody, the first rule they tell you in the hood is if you saw it, you didn't see it. So you don't have no room to be curious. Hey, I wonder what's going on over there. No, you don't. You don't want to know what's going on over there. Because if you go and find out what's going on over there, you might not end up coming back. And that's the first thing you learn in the hood is you don't worry about what's going on. You see something crazy happening in front of you, less it's going to directly affect you. You don't worry about what's going on. That ain't got nothing to do with you. You tune out. You didn't hear it. You didn't see it. So for me, the idea of exploring and being curious about experiences, sensations, feeling things in the body. Oh, that's new. Because I didn't come from that world. The world I came from was about emotional and physical survival. As long as you are surviving, you are good. And that's going to be another topic I'm going to touch on in this Pay It Forward is survival mode versus living and being present in the moment. Because I learned a lot of this while I was on this trip. So anyways, as time is coming up, we're getting to about, you know, we get to August and, you know, we're going through the last checks, you know, making sure we got, you know, um, testing done, vaccination stuff, all that stuff. You know, we're making sure that everything is is solid so that, you know, I have no issues going out there. And I'm like, okay, all right, it's the last couple of days, you know, and okay. And it gets to Monday and I'm like, oh snap, I'm really, it just kind of hits me like, bro, you were about to get on a plane. You're about to leave, you know, you're about to leave the company of your mom and your family and you are about to go on a plane to meet someone whom you never physically met in person, to go to another state that you never have been to, you don't know anything about this, to do all of these different things at once. And it just hits me like, you are about to step into an entirely different world. (sighs) 
And I can't tell you whether I wasn't so overwhelmed that I just shut down because I feel like a part of me was so locked in and so shut down that I didn't even realize I was there until I was back. And then there was another part of me that was genuinely excited about the fact that I was going and doing something new. And that is a new experience for me, being excited about experiencing new places and new things. And as a man, I haven't realized how important it is to not live in survival mode until this trip. So as I begin to walk through the TSA checkpoint, been there for the first time and, you know, got on the plane and that was a very cool sensation. I've just decided that I I like flying, though I do kind of feel Um, some anxieties when I'm in the air, I actually kind of really enjoy just kind of looking up at the sky and just being so far above everything. And all you hear is just the noise of the plane and just, you know, the seat that you're in and you're just, you're just riding, you're, you're along for the ride. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very unique sensation. And I, 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 I've come to like it. I definitely felt anxious on the way back, and I was like, wow, I did not think I'd feel this anxious. Nothing had gone wrong. Everything went flawlessly from the time I went there to the time I went back. But then we ended up, you know, we landed. Um, I ended up meeting the person that I was working with. Um, He was a really cool dude, very much down to earth, and I ended up meeting a lot of very uh, big brother figures that I could finally say, hey, these are people that I can look up to as a big brother because... They're people that just have something that maybe I want and they, that they know some things and that they can just support me and that we can all support each other. So it's hella cool. But anyways, um, I meet him and we drive there and, you know, we're talking and, you know, you're just talking about life. And then I finally get to this place and it's way out of the woods. Like this is like he talked about secluded. It was a very nice place. It was a very nice you know, uh, a resort, a very nice set of cabins and stuff like that. It was, you know, all the amenities were there and stuff. There was a TV, there was Wi-Fi, but it wasn't something that you could really be present with. It was an environment suited for people to be present with themselves. So even though, yeah, you could technically use Wi-Fi, it just wasn't one of those experiences. I just didn't feel right really doing it like that because so much was going on emotionally. So, I ended up, you know, just kind of leaving my phone aside for the most part. Um, I met Brian for the first time and, you know, I gave him a hug and he said, I'm so happy to have you here. And it really meant a lot to me. You know, this person in whom has kind of been a mentor figure for me um, through most of my life or through this, these years of my life, you know, not having my dad and like an actual mentor figure, somebody whom I know for sure that I am gaining something from, you know, somebody that has something that I am aspiring to have myself. And so, um, I, you know, I was able to meet him. I met his, his best friend and we all kind of got settled and then we met the guys the next day. And so, uh, from that week, I was pretty much locked in. You know, we woke up every morning around six o'clock and, you know, they did their morning exercises and myself and the other gentlemen that were doing the work, we basically were making sure that everything ran smooth. So when it was time to prepare breakfast um, or time to make sure that there was that, that, that all the things were set out for lunch, we had a very amazing woman that catered uh, our event. And I mean, she didn't miss once with the food. I mean, she did not miss not once Everything she made was delicious. 
Uh, she catered and she pretty much only showed up to cater. Uh, she didn't, she was not involved in anything that we did. She was just in the background and she just catered, but we were my, myself and the other gentlemen were just helping, but I saw so much that took place emotionally. So now just after describing everything that I was talking about, I can get to the meat of what it was I learned here. One of the main things I learned is that no matter how much I plan for something that I'm going to either experience that's going to be a blessing in my life, some things are not meant for me to overthink or even to think about it all. Some things just need to be done. So the first experience I had with that was, um, I'm not going to go into detail about every experience that happened because there were some things that were very private amongst the men and I will not be bringing those things up. But one personal experience I had was with ice baths. Now I've never done those before. Again, I don't come from an environment. I'm not part of a sports team or anything like that where ice baths is a normal kind of thing that people do. But I found myself, you know, I was with Brian and, 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 um, Tate and, they were, you know, filling up some ice chests and I was looking like, oh, that's crazy. They're getting everything ready, you know, probably gonna have some drinks and stuff like that. And they're just filling this stuff up and they say, yeah, we're gonna all hop in this ice bath. I said, whoa, sir, sir, this is a Wendy's. This is a CVS pharmacy. I'm gonna need you to get your order and get on the other way, bro. I said, that is a, that is, that is, that is, that is left turn on a right turn lane, one way street. We're in the wrong place. I was like, wait a minute. And he wasn't saying we were all going to get in together. He just said literally we were going to get in one at a time and just kind of just do that. And he said, you know, the main thing about it is that when you get into ice and water that's really cold, it shocks your system and you have to breathe. You have to be present. It is not something that you can do while just meditating on other things. And I didn't, I realized I could not do that meditating on other things. I had to be absolutely present in the moment. And it was full on ice bath. It wasn't like kind of ice or sort of cold. It was, you know, full ice. You know, we had bags of ice that we poured into the water. It was cold. And, you know, everybody got in, they did their thing. And then I got in and man, it, it, required something of me that I don't think I've ever used before. It was like using another muscle for me. And it it did shock me, but I needed to breathe and it was okay. And that's one thing I realized is that it was okay to breathe. It was okay to not know. It was okay for me to finally not have to understand everything I got into before I did it. And it taught me so much in that moment. I was like, I was just like, whoa, I I mean, I was, I was in there. I was locked into this sensation, this overwhelming sensation in my body. That's like, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. And I'm like, whoa, 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 And even in this moment, I can still feel what it was like. The, 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 the overwhelming cold. I mean, my hands felt like TV antennas. It was just, I just, I felt like my, my hands were just vibrating and oh my God, I, I don't, I've never felt something like that. It was, it was overwhelming and I am so glad I did it. And I was just, I was present and I felt myself being there in the moment and Brian was talking to us about 
you see when you're if, and, and, and a lot of these men were already married and in relationships where they were going through different things. And he said, so you see when you're experiencing things with your partner and they need you to be present, you can't always just look back at things and do things from a distance. You have to be there. And that's what the ice bath does. It gets you to be present. It gets you to, to, to feel. It gets you to say, I'm here. You can't ignore the feeling of being in ice when you're present you can't ignore it 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 demands my it and i don't want to say you it demanded my attention and i was happy that in that moment i was actually able to give it oh and i got out of there and man my body felt amazing I mean, I felt like I was on top of the world, not even just because I had conquered something that I didn't know I could do. But because of the sensation, just it just it just reinvigorated my body. And I said, I'm going to incorporate, you know, cold showers now in my life like that really did something for me. And it was an experience that I would have never done had I not been in a situation in which challenged me to get curious. I wonder what happens if I do get in the ice bath. Instead of, bro, that's not going to help you survive. I was like, I wonder what happens if I do get in this ice bath. And I saw what happened and I liked it. I liked it a lot. And so I ended up learning a lot over that day. And we did ice baths twice and there was a second experience that i had with the ice bath which i'll talk about later uh because we did it we did it twice um we did it once in the beginning of the trip and once in the end of the trip uh but uh i definitely was there you know it was a different time zone shift so i finally know what jet lag felt like um i was you know able to play some different games with all the men you know uh, they invited me i was able to participate in some of their events um, they had a lot of things that were going on, a lot of emotional things that took place. Um, and I saw men do things that I know that some some of the people, some of the members of the opposite sex, they would have loved to hear that. They would have been crying had they heard some of these conversations. These men were being honest and forthright with themselves. They were being honest about their behaviors. They were being honest about the challenges that they had. They're being honest about how the way that, that their wives saw them, that their girlfriends saw them. They're being honest about their issues with commitment. And I was just so stirred. I mean, men opened up and they shared things that they would never share with other men. And we sat around the fire. I mean, we had a fireplace. We had a fire pit and we would, you know, light the fire and sit around the fire. And we would we would we would immerse ourselves in being present in this moment. So there were no phones, really. I took I had a phone for in some cases because I did video for them. But I I even felt like I was like, I need to leave my phone more. I, I need to leave my phone behind because I'm I, I got to be present here. And there was so much going on. I mean, we sat around the fire. I mean, we we ate good um we we did breathing exercises and stretches you know we walked around we connected with each other and there were so many locked in sessions where we just had nothing to do but connect connect with ourselves connect with our breath connect with being in life and i was i was really enraptured by what i saw in these other men i 
I, I've never been in a conversation with men that came from all walks of life. And some came from African countries, some came from uh, British countries, some came from literally in, in, in Canada. Some people came across the border just so they could be at this event. And I mean, it was it was an amazing thing to see. These were all men of professional capacity, but they were opening and bearing their souls. I mean, it was something I never experienced before. And it was overwhelming in a lot of ways. You know, we, we, we had a lot of fun, but it was overwhelming for me in a lot of ways because there was so much, so many nuggets that took place. I mean, what I learned, and I can say that I learned from this trip, is that there is a need for me to step into my own power as a man and take responsibility for my actions through I statements. As a teacher, I've always wanted to do things like say we and say us. And I had not realized until I talked to one of the men who, as I look at as a big brother figure, looked at me and said, remember to use I statements. And I was like, why would I do that? And he was like, you need to understand that I statements mean that you take responsibility. He said, it's a difference. And I am not encouraging this. I am saying this is an example in which he brought up. He said, there's a difference between saying, you know, sometimes we all beat our wives and saying, I beat my wife. It's a terrible thing to do for a man to beat and abuse someone. So I'm making that clear right now. But he was making the reference and accountability and saying this one thing to say, we all do this. It, it absolves accountability from, from me if I say we all do this. But he said, step into your power by making I statements. And that really affected me. And I have even seen some results in some of the ways that I've been able to communicate with others where I've been able to say, I feel this way, instead of saying, hey, you know, sometimes we all do this, and we should all consider, I say, I feel this way. And there is a potency in saying I. So I learned about I statements. I learned that, um, I learned about the danger that I have in placing expectations upon people and not loving those people and being open to those people. I have not been open to people being themselves, being their genuine self. And I've not been as open as I want to be about me being my genuine self. And that is probably taking a toll on a lot of my friendships. No one wants to pretend. I don't want to pretend. I don't want to pretend. I want to feel safe to explore all the messy and nasty parts of myself and all of the good and great and glorious parts of myself. And I know that those around me also want that for themselves. So I'm taking accountability and saying I have not been okay with other people being themselves and I have not been okay with me being myself either. And I am now opening myself up to other people and myself being the messy parts of a, parts of me that I am and being the messy parts of them that they are. With grace and ease, of course, because I believe that if you don't say or don't make that clear, 
then you can invite, then I can invite that in whichever way happens. So this is just a lesson I learned for myself. And also along with that lesson, there was a big nugget that I got from uh, Tate and he was talking to some of the guys about a situation and he said, expectations are premeditated resentment. And I've, I've never heard it put that way. Expectation that I have for someone else is a premeditated resentment. I have already decided in my head that that person is going to fail me. An expectation of someone, not a desire of someone, but an expectation of someone is a premeditated resentment. I expect you to. I have expected you to. I have expected you to. Especially an unspoken expectation. If I have an expectation of someone and I've unspoken and I've not spoken that expectation, we don't have an agreement, then that is a premeditated resentment. I've already decided that I want to resent this person. And that is a terrible and unhealthy way to live. And I didn't realize how deeply I've been affecting that with people in my life where I'm like, I expect you to do this. I expect you to do that. And I'm not telling you that I expect you to do it. Or maybe it's just a fantasy that I've had about people. I have definitely been guilty of that. Having lots and lots of fantasies, creating fantasy people in my head. I see a picture of somebody and I just create this world where this person is exactly who I think they are. Exactly this type of person that will be pleasing to me, even if I don't know them. And then if I, when I meet them and the expectation gets shattered, I've already started resenting them. That comes from a deep place in me of not feeling accepted for who I am. And maybe it didn't start with me. I'm just choosing to take accountability for my part in this and moving and moving and accepting that this is how I feel right now. And it's not how I'm going to feel a month from now, a year from now. This was very enlightening for me. And this trip has only become being more and more enlightening over time. I watched us journal and uh, we, we journaled. I, I, I participated in a few of the things where, where they where we journaled and we would write down things like, what, what do you want in a relationship? What do you actually want? What desires do you have that you just don't feel like you can talk about? And these, I'm saying you because that was the question that was asked. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't even feel comfortable expressing the desires that I want in a relationship. I want to really badly. And I am taking steps by this declaration to do so. And I don't feel comfortable. I don't even feel comfortable admitting it to myself. That so much of me still wants somebody to just hold me and hug me and just, you know, be there, you know, in, in, in ways that my mom was not emotionally available for me. And my mom is a great woman and she has done her absolute best to do so. And I mean, I could not have asked for a better mother. I don't think. And there are still longings that I have. And I've wanted that out of a relationship. I don't know how much of that is genuinely healthy or not, but I know that I want it. This is just my safe place to admit that these are things that I want. 
that I still want somebody to, to take care of me, to nurture me. Maybe it's not so much I want someone to take care of me, but somebody to be nurturing towards me, to be stable and consistent. To model safety and safe space and intimacy. I don't really know what that looks like. And I didn't know. This is my first example, I believe, genuinely in seeing that other than I think from my therapist, um, a consistency and a safe space where someone is always treating you the same way. They're not treating you as a, they're not treating you with according to their child. They're treating you. They're treating me the same way that I've always wanted to be treated just consistently. That's a big deal for me. Coming from a world where survival does not allow us to survival did not allow me to be treated consistently. When you're when I'm surviving, I don't need to be treated consistently. I need to survive and survival takes precedence. This is a life outside of survival. Yes, so I learned those things. I watched these men. And one other thing that I learned, too, is that I felt so much fear around the idea that I was not ready for a romantic and or uh, companionable relationship with another woman. I have not been emotionally available. I've been single probably for 10 years or so. I can't remember the last time that I was in an intimate touch or an intimate setting with a woman. And in most cases, due to my level of inner child, you know, immaturity, when I would see opportunities like that, I would run for the freaking hills. I'm like, I don't want you to show me things about me. I don't want to look at stop making me look. And my main fear was that compared to the other men that I've seen, I would not be considered ready for a situation like that. And when I saw these men openly start admitting the things that they struggled with and felt, and I knew the stature of these men, and I also knew what they were showing me, that a lot of them felt like kids on the inside too. And a lot of them are struggling to step in their power too. And a lot of them that are already in established relationships have still have these insecurities and and that it was normal to have these insecurities and that I was not alone. And so once I realized that, I said, there's no more preparation that I can do other than be open to doing like I did in the ice bath, which is just doing it. And being curious about how that makes me grow. This was a big deal for me. I didn't get to see much of the state that I was in because we only did some light travels, but it was way back in the in the back country of the, the southern country we were in. Um, you know, the, we're talking about the nearest basic store is 20 to 25 minutes away by car. So, yeah, it was it was in like the back back country and so i saw a lot of different things i saw green mountains and coming from california that is very new i was like why are those mountains green sir i do not understand what i'm looking at and i was he was like oh yeah right because you come from california i'm like yeah ain't no mountains green in california it's all desert i said we we said we see we don't see no green mountains we see white we see white cap mountains or brown mountains we don't see no green i'm sitting here confused 
I walked in the forest and in the woods for the first time. I've never done that before. Sure, I've been in in trees and stuff like that. It's not like I've never seen trees before or nothing. Yeah, I've seen clusters of trees, but there's difference between a cluster of trees and woods. And I walked in the woods for the first time with one of the one or two of the brothers. He invited me out there and he said, "Hey man, you want to walk through the woods for a minute?" And so many things I would have said no to prior, I said, "Yeah, let's do it." And I'm sitting here in my mind thinking, "Am I saying yes to this?" Yes. Yes, I did. And it was great. And I'm still kind of thinking about it like it was really great. And I'll admit that by Saturday, I had reached my my muscle had been stretched to its maximum and I was ready to go by Sunday. I was like, I'm not even gonna hold y'all. I'm ready to go. I have seen I've done too many. I've done a lot of first. I'm ready to get back to my house with my with my fiber internet. You feel me? They just got installed. I'm ready to get back to my streaming to my game systems, to my room in my house with my mom and chill and and process every single thing that took place. I was ready to go. And I was astoundingly and abundantly blessed. And I was really rewarded more than I thought I would be by something that Brian said to me and it really touched my heart. And I absolutely cried when I heard that because he honored me in front of the men. And he said, Brandon, he said, he, he stepped out. He said, I didn't tell him. And I hadn't even realized how much it took for me to do that because I was just, you know, worried about not being good enough. So I'm speaking to everybody that's worried about that. You, you are. You're going to be good enough. And you're going to make mistakes too. And that's okay. And you're still going to be good enough. You're, as a matter of fact, you're going to be better for the job because you make mistakes. Um, you know, Brian said, he said, I didn't tell him anything about what we were doing. I didn't tell him about the itinerary or anything like that. He said, I just asked him if he was willing to come. I told him we wasn't where we were going to be able to pay him. He said, but I was going to make a way for him and I was going to, you know, provide for him every step of the way. He said, and I just wanted him to come. And he said, and he took his bags and he came to do nothing but serve. He didn't come to get something. He came to give something. And he said, he didn't just cross the threshold. He flung himself across it. And I cried. I hadn't, I had longed for that type of validation for so long. I felt like a failure. Ever since my dad died, I've never been able to shake the feeling that something that's just been fundamentally wrong with me as a spiritual person, as a believer in Christ, as a young man, as a 31 year old, you know, there's so many things that have been happening that have been blessings. And because I'm so blessed, there's been a part of me that's just been like, but what you, you are, you are wrong. There is something fundamentally wrong with you. And I feel like I've been searching so long just of you the proof that it was wrong or that I was wrong. Oh, man. I felt like a failure. And that feeling is less and less. And I still, in many ways, feel like that. And 
And it really meant something to me when Brian said that because I hadn't considered that about myself. I just locked in. So, I just want to tell everybody that's listening to me that the only failures out there are people not willing to take even the smallest step in the right in in a healthy direction. I don't believe there are really any failures out there. Even if you somebody that says, I don't want no parts of this, that's good. You're at least fighting the system so you can learn whether it's real or not. I don't believe there are any failures out there other than the people that are just like, I'm not open to any changes in my life, even if they're good ones. I don't believe there are any failures. And it's ironic that I feel that I don't believe that. And I still feel that way sometimes about myself. I'm like everybody else, but not you. I promised y'all I would show up. So this is me showing up. There are things that I got from this trip that had I been there to receive and not give, I wouldn't have been able to see the fullness of it. A lot of these nuggets and experiences and fun times that I had, I, I wouldn't have been able to, 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 to receive them fully if I had have been there to get. If I had have been thinking about, oh my God, is Brian going to pay me? And this is absolutely not some type of humble brag. I'm literally saying this from somebody that's like, hey, usually that's what I would think about in most in, in instances. What am I going to get from this? What is this person going to do for me? How is this going to further me? And that's been a survival mechanism for me. I learned from an early age that it was difficult to trust what people would do for you consistently. So I learned to have to look and ask for it myself. And that's an exhausting way to live. And I was blessed to be able to go out there and not think about nothing but just being there to serve. I wasn't taken advantage of. They just asked me to do nothing more than what they asked me to do. And it blessed me. There was so much I got from just being willing to be a service. And so I want to encourage everybody, especially if you're a spiritual person, especially even more so if you're saying that you're a Christian or whatever it is. Be a service to somebody, man, and stop worrying about what they do or what you think that they ain't doing, all right? Be a service to somebody and stop worrying about that crap. You're not doing nobody no favors, and you dang sure ain't doing God no favors. Yeah, I know that was kind of out the gate, but that one was more or less for the Christians. You're not doing God no favors by not being a service to people, man. I gained so much by just being a service. And... I have the companionship and friendship of these men now. And they blessed me. They they prayed, they they spoke life into me. They even they even in essence prayed for me, man. And I was I they prayed life into me, man. That was not what I expected. I was I was given something that if if, if Brian had paid me for it, you know, that would have been cool, but that wasn't why I came and I'm happy that that wasn't why I came. I'm happy that that wasn't what I was thinking about when I came out there. And I'm happy that I've been given the opportunity to do what I do, to work freelance, to work as a successful video editor, to do, 
the things that I do and just to be able to be generous with my time, to be able to be generous. Because I didn't always have that generosity. So this is all new for me. These are new first. I mean, I had about 10 or 11 first. I mean, I'm trying to remember what else other first I had. I had a bunch of them while I was there. Um, and it was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of fun. And if you are a man and you're interested, you know, especially if you are, you know, in my age bracket or older or whatever, I don't know all of the demographic that listens because I speak to whomever it is that wants to hear and wants to be paid forward in this way. Um, if you are a man and you are, were interested in being involved with this program, you know, whether you have the money or not, I would suggest that if you look up Brian Reeves insight and you look him up and you look up, um, you look up his, his site and you look up elevate 2022, because that's the next year's one elevate 2021 is already full and is still following its course, but look up elevate 2022. Cause they're going to do this again. Uh, I would suggest that you get involved. I would highly encourage you to get involved, especially if you are a man. Because we need this. What they're talking about here, we need this kind of thing. We need this kind of accountability. I was so happy to be involved. We need this kind of accountability, y'all. Sometimes we need to be able to just play. We need to be able to be men. We need to be able to... And and, and I wanted to make this point, too. There was a very clear difference that I discovered when I met Brian and I met Tate and we talked for a minute. I said, it's nice to be with the boys. And I just stopped. And I said, no, these aren't boys. These are men, and I can actually tell the difference now. And it made me happy, and it also disappointed me because I realized just how few men I think I'd ever really been around in my life. Once I saw that, it made me happy that I was finally around some, and it made me disappointed to go like, wow, there is a lack of real men in this world. And the reason that there's a lack is because men have not been taught to be men. And they were taught by men who taught them, who taught them, who taught them, and so on and so forth. And if a man was not taught to be a man, he's still a boy. And a boy can only teach you what a boy can teach you. But if a man learns to be a man, he can teach boys how to be boys and how to be men. And then those men grow up to be stable because they don't reject their boy and they still are men. So I learned so much from this. And I was really blessed by this experience, as I've said more than once, man. I, I My flights were great. I got there and back safely. Um... And I'm sure there's a lot more. So what's going to happen is there's going to be a two-parter to this because I'm going to do this. And I'm also going to have Brian on my show again. Uh, We're going to do a part two to this. And I'm going to interview him and talk to him about how he felt about the retreat and some of his experiences. So if y'all want to meet who it is I'm constantly talking about, tune into the next Pay It Forward. Because it's going to be an Elevate 2021 part two. And we're going to talk about all the cool things and all the experiences that happen and just how how we all grew as men from this experience so i grew a lot i know for sure i grew and i'm telling you my perspective and so i'm looking forward to hearing his so yeah i really just want to thank y'all again for always being willing to listen to me for always being willing to hear the things i have to say because i'm half figuring this stuff out while i'm talking i don't script this stuff um i i wanted a podcast that i could just genuinely speak naturally from that i could think more about what I wanted to say in the heart of what I wanted to say rather than whether it was going to be the politically correct thing to say. So thank y'all for always being willing to listen to me and walk with me on this journey. And, um, you know, I just, I just want to make sure that you guys know that there are resources out there, especially if you're a young man, um, 
uh, or, or an older man, whatever it is, there are resources out there for you. You are not by yourself. Um, most of the things and worries we may, I feel as a man, I realize there are a lot of men that feel that way and it doesn't make us less of men to feel that way. So everybody, I just want to say this quick prayer, everybody under the sound of my voice, I pray right now that especially if you are a man, that you are growing in your groundedness, in your, in your health, in your prosperity, and not even in your prosperity, but just in your, in, in, even in your spirituality, that there will be more openness that you would have to the emotional and maturity and spiritual growth that comes from that, because I believe they're tied into each other. So God, I thank you right now for every man and every person right now that is opening themselves to the, 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 the capacity that they really have to love because love covers it covers a multitude of things. It covers a multitude of sins. And the reality of that is that sins can just be something that were done against you. Sins can be things that happened in your bloodline. Sins can be things that you did to someone else. Love covers that. And I'm speaking that life over all of us that we would be able to walk in that love and know who and what that love really is. So everybody under the sound of my voice, be blessed and hear it. Amen. I love y'all, man. Thank y'all for always listening to me. Thank y'all for always taking the time out and look forward to the next Pay It Forward because this is going to be part one. Now we're going to have part two. So I appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank y'all for vibing with me and peace.